Well, today we celebrate the, the feast of Saints Philip and James. Both Philip and James were of the Twelve, and so they followed Jesus very closely uh, on the days of his earthly ministry for three years or however long that, had, that lasted, three or four years. And uh, then they were both privileged to have an encounter with Christ after he rose from the dead. And also they were both commissioned by him then to go and to preach the gospel. Um, Just a little side point before I get to the main point of the homily. Uh, We as as Catholics, and this is is something that, you know, there's a kind of a Protestant Catholic difference on this point here. We as Catholics, um, you know, the... The Catholic Church goes back to the first century. There's an unbroken lineage of a one single uh, society that goes back 2,000 years. And so within any kind of society, in any kind of community, there's going to be a transmission of information and knowledge that's going to take place verbally and orally. Okay, So it's not uh, just about the written word, although we believe that the written Word of God is extremely important and really is the main foundation of our faith. But it's important to know that we, we know things and uh, some of our practices are based simply on tradition that has been passed down for 2,000 years. We can see that, of course, that's how the gospel and the faith was transmitted originally. And we, we know it ironically through reading about it, but we can infer this. St. Paul, in his, our first reading from 1 Corinthians, he says, uh, you know the gospel that I preached to you. He's referring to an oral transmission of the gospel. And this is what takes place. And he includes an interesting detail. He says, Christ, after he rose from the dead, appeared to more than 500 brethren at once, many of whom are still alive. So, uh, you know, obviously the Christians of the first century, they, the, the New Testament was in its development. It was forming. So it's not like the New Testament was the main thing that they based their faith on. They had the, the apostles living amongst them. And they base their religion and their faith upon the preaching, the, the living voice of the apostles. And uh, there were people uh, all the way up into the end of the uh, first century going on into the second century who had seen Christ risen from the dead. It speaks of 500 uh, brethren who had seen Christ risen from the dead. That detail is not included in the written Gospels. Okay, So we want to know that from reading the Gospels. It's something that people just knew at that time. Um, so when we come to Philip and James, we know about uh, Philip's end through tradition. He was he was crucified in Hierapolis in Phrygia, which I believe is in uh, like Asia Minor. Okay, and then James uh, on the testimony, very early second century testimony from people. You know, we're getting this from people who would have been in a position to know this. Um, James ended his life in around the year sixty two. And uh, it was a martyrdom. What happened was he uh, was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. After Peter really kind of headed out and went to Rome, James was the main leader of the Christians in Jerusalem. And he uh, was very respected by the broader Jewish non-Christian uh, populace. He was very respected. And he was, on tradition, it says that he was even allowed to go into uh, the temple into the holy place, which only the priests could go. Probably James had some kind of um, lineage from the priesthood, uh, Levitical lineage of some sort, 
And uh, in any event, he was reputed as such a holy man by the larger population that even they, they, they allowed him to go into the temple. A very interesting fact or detail of his life. Um, and he was killed by being thrown down from a, a high, you know, building, and then he was beaten to death with clubs. And uh, that was around the year 62. About six years later, the Romans came in and they destroyed Jerusalem. Okay, and that was that's the first Jewish war, and Jerusalem was destroyed around 68, 69, 70 uh, by Titus, uh, who was a general at the time who later became an emperor. Anyway, um, uh, very interesting, though, is that many of the Jews themselves, these are Jews that are not followers of Jesus, these are just normal religious Jews, really believed that the destruction of Jerusalem uh, at the hands of the Romans was a chastisement from God because of the murder of James. Okay, And there's probably a lot of truth to that. It was also in response to, of course, the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, but but it also would probably would be as in kind of a, as chastisement in, in response to James's murder. Um, but what we see here with both Philip and James, who we know about through tradition and through a little bit through scripture, is that they were martyrs. And this is why we have read. Um, the main point, I think, of my homily, what I want to say is that Interesting enough is that James in our tradition is the patron of the dying. Okay, St. James is the patron of the dying. So if when we uh, are on our deathbed, we should invoke him. And when our loved ones and friends are on their deathbed, we should invoke St. James and his intercession. So that God's grace would be with us until the very end, so that we would be faithful, so that we would remain faithful until the very end. Now, in our gospel passage, Jesus talks about asking anything in my name and it will be done for you. So he's talking about prayer. And so there's a very important relationship, and I speak about this quite frequently, between prayer and fidelity and faithfulness to the gospel until the very end. There's a grace that God gives to us right at the very end of our life that ensures that we remain faithful. And that's called the grace of final perseverance. And it can only be given to us, not through any kind of merit, but through prayer. Only on the basis of God's mercy and only through prayer. Okay. Um, now, another element, uh, one of my favorite ones uh, of the tradition about James is this. Um, his knees, they said his knees, the skin on his knees was like the skin on the knees of a camel. Okay, that was really thick, really calloused, because he always prayed on his knees. And he did it so much that he had huge calluses on his knees. So here's a man who was a man of prayer, probably hours every day, four, five, six hours, not an exaggeration, of prayer on his knees a day. And then we see his fidelity to his very death until the end. And then he's now the patron of the dying and it's through his intercession we can, we can obtain the grace of, of that perseverance and that fidelity that we need. But we obtain it through our own prayer as well. And so we learn that lesson about the importance of praying every day. Okay, Because our hearts can go astray. And every day we need to bring our hearts back into alignment with God through prayer. Uh, a little, Another little story here from my own experience here. I had some friends from the Ukraine who were Pentecostals. They weren't Catholics. And in their own community, they had a kind of a neat tradition going all the way back to when the communists took over the Ukraine. 
I don't know when exactly that was. So it must have been right after World War II, or maybe it was, maybe it might have been before it. I don't know the history. But uh, at the, when the communists were taking over the Ukraine, they were crushing all the Christians, both the, the Orthodox Christians, uh, the Catholics that were there, and some of the Protestant groups like the Pentecostals. And they were destroying churches, closing churches down. They were torturing, killing. Lots of martyrdoms took place at that time. And in the Pentecostal community of this, this friend of mine, he said something interesting. He said that the KGB learned that they couldn't torture when they would bring a Christian in and they would try to make the Christian denounce his faith. And they would first check their knees. <laughs> and if the guy had calluses or the woman had calluses on their knees, they gave up. They didn't even try to make the person uh, lose their faith because they knew they couldn't do it. They knew that the person was a person of prayer and that they wouldn't be able to, to break his spirit or, or his will. Um, and in that, in that community in particular, they had a tradition of praying on their knees. So that was something that they, that they held near and dear to their hearts and they carried on. Uh, but in any event, my brothers and sisters, we pray every day and therefore we stay faithful. And let's ask that fidelity through the prayers of St. James.